If you like what you're about to hear or what you've already heard, be sure to like, comment, share, and subscribe. You can find this episode along with others on iTunes, SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Google Play. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at OffTheClockPod, at O-F-F-T-H-A, ClockPod, or you can search Triple D, that's Triple underscore D. And you can always email me at OffTheClockPodcast at Yahoo.com. Once again, that's O-F-F-T-H-A, ClockPodcast at Yahoo.com. episode. This isn't going to be a Tinder tale. Um, this isn't going to be uh, my my newest segment of uh, my latest reviews. This one's um, a little bit from the heart. It's going to give you a little more insight into who I am and just how I feel about this particular subject and how it translates into a lot of my personality and the way I kind of view things. Um, so as you can, I'm sure you saw by the title, uh, this episode is entitled Why I Love Nate Dog." So I'm pretty sure you're right off the top. You're thinking like, why Nate Dogg? Um, and if you're not, good for you. Uh, but I, and, and I've said, and I've, I've said this on other episodes. I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge Nate Dogg fan. And, um, and when he passed away, it hit me harder than a lot of other, you know, a lot of, a lot of other artists. And, um, you know, we all have our artists that, that, that did things for us beyond just whatever music or acting or you know the visual arts that when they when you realize that you'll never get anything new from them again it, it kind of hits sort of deep and for me that one of those people was uh was Nate Dogg and I'm pretty sure once again like well wait Nate Dogg like the person like yes the, the artist the, the person now let's be clear I'm well aware of Nate Dogg's you know drug use and the uh the domestic issues he had, and I'm—I don't condone a lot of his actions. I'm—I'm—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm, I'm more so speaking to the artist. And if you're thinking about commenting some shit like, "Well, you know, how can you? Well, how can you separate the person from the artist?" A lot of you do it all the time. Uh, I could name names of some of your favorite artists who have done way worse shit that you guys still support but we're not going to do that all right so uh let me live don't at me all right so uh i i like i said i i want to focus more on the art um and just sort of this persona in in order to begin we got to go back as as we always do um and i know i'm sounding like a broken record but uh it's a part of me and i can't you know act like it didn't happen um as i've stated a few times um when i first moved to va um it wasn't the, the best of times, you know what I mean? Uh, and 
personality wise, I was not very confident. Um, I had low self-esteem. I, I, there was, I, I struggled to come into my own lane. And it wasn't really until like really getting into Nate Dogg's music that like I started to actually develop more of a distinct personality and outlook on life. Um, now, obviously when you think of Nate Dogg, everybody goes straight to regulate, which I don't blame you. I understand it. You know, it's, it's one of the, it's the biggest hit. It's like the, the quintessential Nate Dogg song whenever you, whenever you bring up his name. And, and I get that. Um, but as I've said earlier, for me, I, I sort of skipped over regulate, um, because it was one of the songs that the people that I didn't like growing up liked. So I didn't give it like a real chance. You know, I was, I was in a, I was in a place of like, I don't, I'm not going to co-sign on what you think is cool. And unfortunately it regulate happened to be it. So the song that really spoke to me and let me know that like, yo, like this dude, Nate Dogg is the truth was nobody does it better. Yeah. Nobody does it better was, was big. Um, and I don't know, I, I can't even remember what exactly, like what, where I was the first time I really heard it. But like, I, all I knew was just like, this is amazing. Like I need, I need more of this, like the sound, the vocals, I, I need more of this. Um, so when I was like 15 or 16, uh, my godmother bought me Nate's first CD. It was a double album. It was a G Funk Classics Volume One and Two. She got it for my birthday, and which was which was a big deal for me because not only was it like I didn't have that many CDs growing up. Like I wasn't. I I stated it before, but I wasn't really that big into music. Like I liked listening to music, but my parents were, you know, Earth Wind and Fire, uh, Whitney Houston, Tina Turner, soul soul singers. You know what I'm saying? Uh, jazz musicians and stuff like that. Like I wasn't really into rap and, and hip hop and stuff like that. Except for like MC Hammer and Criss Cross. But like, this was, this was like my first, this was my first parental advisory <laughs> sticker CD, which was kind of a big thing for me. Like, it's a big thing for all kids growing up, their first one. It, and, you know, and it was a birthday gift. And that CD was everything to me. Everything. Like, I was hooked. Um, that, that CD and that birthday were like around 98. Um, like I said, I'm, I live in, I've been in Virginia since 93, uh, Richmond to be exact. Now, you can take this however you want to take it. At that time in Richmond, there wasn't a big presence of a Richmond VA identity. A lot of people wanted to be big and Jay-Z and Nas and Lil' Kim and Foxy, um, which, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't blame that because like they were huge and they were very influential. Um, at that time, they're, you know, uh, Timberland Magoo and Missy were, were kind of coming up on the scene, but like a lot of people, unfortunately at that time, didn't quite associate them with VA. Like they were dope artists, but like it, VA was kind of, you know, in this place where they really want a, a lot of people. I'm not going to say they as in the whole city, but a vast majority of the city wanted to be like NY. Like they wanted to be like New York. I've never seen so many New York hats on cats who never left the state before. And it was, it was weird to me, but I wanted to be like Nate. That's who I wanted to be like. I knew I was going to dress like him. Um, I couldn't sing at all. I still can't, but like, that's who I wanted to be like. That's who I idolize. I couldn't dress like him because I was not in, that wasn't happening, but like, I, I wanted to be smooth like him, like just 
you, you watch any old video of Nate Dogg, whether it's a, a music video or he's on stage, he just kind of had this, this presence about him that like nothing phased him. I don't know if it was weed. Um, I like to think that it was just his natural persona that like he'd just walk into a place and be comfortable, like, you know, without even really having to survey the situation. And like I said, I was hooked. Like I, that's who I wanted to be. That's who I wanted to be like. And like I, I wasn't that I, I to this day, I don't think I'm that smooth, but. One thing that just sort of sitting back, listening to his music and just letting the vibe of his music and the message of his music was that I, I learned how to just kind of be cool and calm and just relax, sit back and let people do what they do. Like it's probably what helped develop my, my, my talent as a people watcher. You, you learn, that's how you really learn. Like most people that, you know, grew up shouting, about how they know this and how they're, they're constantly trying to teach what they think they know. Um, but clearly they don't. It's all actions. You know, it's all about your actions. And when you sit back and just kind of let things play out in front of you and just observe, that's how you truly learn about life and how you learn about people and how to deal with different types of personalities. That was it. it it really resonated with me. Uh, one, another big thing about Nate Dogg was like, he didn't need to be the loudest person in the room to command respect. Like it spoke for itself. Um, and like, this is honestly, this is honestly me talking about the beginning of, uh, me really noticing him at that time. He hadn't even really, he'd been around, but like, he hadn't really been recognized as like the king of hooks. Like he was still doing his thing as a solo act. He'd still be on other people's tracks. And still making great hooks, but it was just like, it wasn't about the hooks at the time. It was just, this dude can sing and no one sounds like him. Like there's nobody sounding like this. Um, him and Warren G, the whole G-Funk sound, which that's a whole another topic of how revolutionary the, the G-Funk sound was and putting actual bass lines into songs rather than just straight up bass and how it made things like gangster hits melodic, like, like the, the toughest dudes, you know, gang members on these tracks that are like that, that grooved, you know what I mean? Like nobody was doing that. No one was doing that. Like it was lack of a better term, like revolutionary. And as I said before, like the respect he had, it, it spoke volumes for itself. Um, he didn't need to broadcast it to the music industry, the, the music industry knew, but just the fact that, you know, from there, him going into, being kind of recognized as the king of hooks and all that good stuff. It's like when you think about it and you think about some of the hooks that he was on, like, I want you to, to l listen to some of these tracks that he's been on and take him out of them. Would those songs really, would they have been as big? Like, I'm not doubting a lot of the people's talent that was on it, but like he had a style and a voice that just made whatever he was on that much more enjoyable that's that's a talent that's a gift that like very few have like nowadays you know there's some artists that can get on anybody's track and i think a lot of times just because they're buzzworthy it takes a song to another level but i feel like at the time like no like nobody really left their imprint on a song the way nate Dogg did um not just singing the hook but like bringing chords and harmonies that I'm pretty sure the, the, the lead artist had no intention or no idea could be done on whatever song they brought to him. And that was something that like, I didn't, I didn't quite get until 
much later. I, I didn't realize how big of an impact that had on me. Um, I, as I've probably mentioned in the past, like, um, I'm a band geek. Like I, I played the trumpet in middle school, high school and, and, and in college. And culturally speaking, in, in band, um, when it comes to trumpet players, nine times out of 10, you, you're only respected if you're playing first. There's three parts, first, second, and third. Most likely there's three parts. Um, some, you know, that's, that's a whole other can of worms, but the first trumpets get the glory. Um, seconds and thirds are usually, usually labeled like the lesser players. And that's, that's not always true. Um, I learned going, you know, going through my, my marching career, if that's what you want to call it, that like, I enjoyed playing second and third trumpet more than first. Um, I, I did it a few, I played first a few times, but I had more fun and I enjoyed what I did more when I was playing first because, and this is something that so many people just completely overlook when, when it comes to appreciation of music and playing your part. Um, and that is that the lead voice is why we know the song, but the harmonies are why we love the song. You get what I'm saying? Like, I want you to take whatever your favorite song is that has a melody. Um, take whatever Beyonce song, whatever Rihanna song, whatever Trey song song, tongue twister, um, whatever song that inquires heavy vocals. And, and uh, there's a lot of YouTube videos that do this. I want you to listen to the regular song. Then I want you to try and find a version with just the lead vocals. Now, in a lot of cases, especially if you listen to any, you know, just to, just to, you know, show respect and love. If you listen to any Beyonce track with just the lead vocals, obviously you're going to be blown away. But without the harmonies, without those little extra umps that those little extra bits that completes a song, it's not quite the same. And me being a fan of Nate Dogg, so deep to my core, not realizing it was that I, I, I found that like, I enjoy being that, that extra thing that makes you love a song. Um, I told, I would tell trumpet sections that would come up to, you know, the college for the, you know, the band day or whatever all the time, like embrace the second and third trumpet parts. Like it doesn't mean you're lesser player. It means that this part needs to be heard because if your part wasn't that important, they wouldn't have wrote it. Like whoever arranged this song or whoever wrote this song felt that this needed to be heard and they felt that this is a part of the song. So it needs to be heard. So don't always take being pushed down or, you know, being given a, a harmony part as an insult. Like I said, you know, the, the melody is why we know the song. The harmonies are why we love the song. That's always been my motto when, when playing those parts. It's just like, let's make this song pretty. Let's make them feel this song. The lead voices are going to help you sing along, but we're going to make them feel it. We're going to make, you know, us harmonies, we're going to make them feel it. We're going to make them enjoy it because they have no choice. That's what music's about. It's about feeling, whether it's for better or for worse. It's about feeling. And life can be kind of the same way. Like sometimes you have to play the background to whatever lead voice, whether it's job or a relationship. I'm not saying you got to play the background forever, but sometimes being that that supporting part makes things better. You know, I'm not going to get all super deep into, you know, the relationship aspect of that, you know, whether it's a friendship, uh, situationship, uh, more, uh, 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 an exclusive relationship, marriage, whatever. Sometimes you have to, you have to play the background 
and be the support to make whatever the focal point, the lead that much better. So don't always, don't always take that as, as a diss. Like if, if it's, if it's legit diss, then yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do and, and <laughs> don't take that. But if it's just sort of a, it is what it is sort of thing. I mean, you got two options. You can either help add to it or you can leave that part alone. Um, either way, the choice is yours. If you decide to leave it alone, you don't get to really speak on it anymore. You don't get to, and you definitely don't get to judge, especially if you had a part, you had the, if you had the, especially if you had the, the chance to make that thing better. You feel me? So I, I need you guys to, to understand that the spotlight, how can I put this? Sometimes you're not meant to have the spotlight at that exact moment. Like we've all seen it. When a bunch of people run full speed to try and claim the spotlight, so many people crowd around the front that the momentum and unawareness can like make them fall right off the stage. When the smart person plays their part and lets the spotlight find them. And I promise it may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may take a while. But if you're doing what you're doing the best you can and you're enjoying it, the spotlight will find you. Like I said earlier, I played a lot of second and third parts to the point where in my band, the Virginia State University Marching Trojan Explosion, playing second or third is not a downgrade. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, it's it's something you get recognized for because we understand and I, I this isn't a diss to anybody else's band or your ideals, but we we understand that every part needs to be heard. And if you have to do it, you might as well be the best at doing it. So like I said, I, I, I took pride in that to the point where when we talk about my particular years marching, I got praised on how seriously I took to playing those parts and making them heard and making them sound good. It all just kind of ties back to how not just musically, but harmony is so underrated. I think so many people just kind of want the big payoff and they kind of overlook harmony in life, um, in music, but it's just like, it applies so much. Like I said, harmony is what makes you love a song. I I'm going to say it again. Like the lead voice is why we know the song. It's why we know the words to the song, but harmony is what makes us love the song. It's what makes a song good in, in bands. Like the lead voices is what makes the people recognize what you're playing, but the harmony and of course the drums is what makes you enjoy it. In sports, I'll use football as an example. Yeah, the quarterback gets a lot of the glory and so do the, the running backs and the wide receivers, but it's your, it's other players like, like the, the offensive line and the defensive line that make a play happen. Like that, that help a play go off without a hitch. You need those parts too. They're, those parts are just as important because if you don't have those parts, then the QB or the running back or the wide receiver can't do what you all want them to do. I'll take it back to music choirs, gospel choirs. You know, the sopranos tend to get a lot of the glory. They're, you know, they're the ones that when they come in with whatever they're singing, uh, it's what makes people shout out, you know, let them use you. And, you know, but tenors, altos, it's your parts that make the people say, hmm, I should let him use me. I might have went a little far with that. I hope I'll well, go to hell for that one. The harmony is the wind beneath Patti LaBelle's wings. You've seen it. When she get the flap in the arms, that's harmony right there. That's harmony keeping her afloat, transporting her higher in her songs. Harmony. Don't act like you don't know. But you get what I'm saying. 
it's harmony is important. Like let's, let's, let's appreciate more. We need to take time and appreciate harmony more. Um, whether it's music or in life, those support players. Hell, video games. I just, I brought it back. Like video games, you know, the good, the good video game players, if you watch them, it's a system. You got your, you got your main strikers, your tanks, and you got your support players. Like without the support, without a good, you know, without a good support system, you're not going to win. Like it just doesn't happen that way. So I said all that to say, rest in peace, Nathaniel Hale. Um, you've had more of an impact on my life as well as many others than you'll probably ever know. Um, you're part of the reason that I have a deeper love for music, um, not just the lyrics, but um, everything that goes into making music good and how I listen to music and how I take it in and how it sticks with me. Um, you've, you've helped me develop so many mental cues of how to just sort of sit back and play my part and appreciate all the time, just kind of sitting to the side, watching these lead characters do what they do and learn from, from their triumphs and their failures. Um, and I hope in recording this that you help a listener or two uh, be able to do the same or at least enjoy some good music. And, your head will be moving, so and that's why I love Nick Dogg.